Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. Good friend Dion from Dion Talk. How are you doing, buddy? Howdy. I'm doing great. Ready for round two. Yeah, this is this is kind of a heavy topic because um, inflation is a regressive tax. It unfortunately hurts. Uh, it's kind of a reverse tax, right? Our, our t- typical tax system is, hey, the more money you make, the more you're taxed. Unfortunately, uh, with, a, with inflation, um, the poor are hit the hardest. In fact, if you discount, if you take inflation against their discretionary income, it's, it's absorbent. It. It's, it's crazy. We're already seeing an impact. Uh, people are trading down less discretionary items. They're traveling less, eating out less. People are really, really hurt by this. Uh, but as investors who own property, I thought we should talk about how inf- uh, inflation is impacting us because it absolutely impacts everyone. Inf- inflation impacts everyone, in- including both you and I. So I thought we should talk about it. It's, it's a really good topic. And I think both of us have been on both sides of the spectrum <laughs> of inflation makes it really hard to fill your gas tank because you have to figure out how much cash you have left for food for the rest of the week. Well, yeah. I, re- I remember being a nine-year-old or an eight-year-old boy pushing the car to the gas station because we didn't want to idle back when seventies, when there were lines, we just pushed it. It was a big old white, heavy boat, 1950 car or something. Ugh, that was not fun. So yeah, I, I, I remember 19 cent ramen noodles because that's all we can afford. I remember pot- powdered milk because we couldn't afford cartons. Um, and I still carry the, the baggage of that to this day. So I, uh, I actually think I was kind of lucky as a child. I was very fortunate never to lack for food as a kid. I lacked for food once I had kids. But <laughs> when I was a kid, uh, we raised our own animals. We had goats and pigs and cows. And I mean, they had names, they were pets, but they were also dinner. Mm. Um, I th- so I think as a kid, I ate better than almost anyone I knew. And so in the 70s and 80s, when, when times were kind of rough, food wasn't our issue. And we did this weird ultimate house hacking where we never owned or rented a house. We would just move in, fix it up until the owners found out we lived there and then move to the next one. Ah. But housing wasn't our concern either. <laughs> you were squatters. My parents would always defend themselves and say we weren't squatters because we fixed it up and we left when they found us. Oh, okay. We never enforced an eviction. We never trashed the place, but we were squatters. Yeah. Um, and mom, I still miss you. Dad, I still miss you too. <laughs> Not for mom. I got it. <laughs> so... So the, the next thing I want to talk about is how inflation is impacting, impacting me. And then a question that came up in my live stream last night. Mm. This is hard to say because I want to relate to that new investor. The first five years suck. You need to get on the property ladder. You need to figure out your strategy, whether it's business, stocks, real estate, doesn't matter. Figure out what you're good at and invest, right? You know, spend less than you make, save and invest the difference to find financial freedom. Like that's, that's the hard part, those first five years. But to get to where we are now, I know I have friends and, and probably family members who have to choose. Do I fill my gas tank or do I cancel Netflix this month so I can put more gas in my tank? Like the, those decisions are having to be made because inflation is making everything cost more. We've seen massive inflation beyond what numbers we're seeing reported because 
of the one metric I know of, owner equivalent rent. Like that skews the number hugely. But I can't tell that inflation is happening. Let's say everything this month cost me $1,000 more than last month. Mm -hmm. I'm only going to save $17,000 towards the next investment instead of $18,000. I don't know that it's happening, right? So last night in a live stream, that was hard to say. Because those aren't numbers my brain can process. I'm still this super poor single parent with three kids, right? But the question came up in my live stream last night from a person saying, how are you continuing to invest when there's so much uncertainty, Mm. right? The stock market can do things. Real estate can do things. Like there's all this uncertainty. And my answer, and I hope it was impactful, I would be terrified right now if my job was my source of income because wage inflation is happening, but not like inflation is happening. And your job can be taken away. We see an economic downturn. We're seeing lenders first, but we're going to see it kind of cascade across all kinds of other sectors getting laid off. 2008, I was a police officer, got laid off because, you know, there's no more crime. We don't need cops anymore. So mm. jobs gone. With so many diversified properties spread out in different areas, drawing tenants from different sources with different tenant bases of military, Section 8, working and retired, you know, diversified. I don't feel inflation. Mm. I I feel almost like a selfish human being that I know inflation is going to make me wealthier because I learned the rules of the game and I'm playing by those rules. Yeah, there's actually a shirt I have um, that somebody somebody made for me. I I have a quote and I'm staring at it right now. It says, I use inflation to get rich. Ask me how. And um, yeah, I mean, again, what... What did the 1970s teach us? And that 52-year spreadsheet is the answer. Ray Dalio said it in the last 48 hours. Cash is trash. Stocks are trashier. Or he said equities, but he meant stocks. And if you if you want to, if what what should investors do today? And he was talking at Davos, this you know elite meeting of, of rich people. Uh, basically, buy hard assets. And my answer is buy hard assets with 30-year fixed rate debt uh, that have a rent component that goes up with inflation. I'm really starting to see the power of the 30-year fixed rate debt when there's inflation. Exactly. Because the mortgage isn't changing. It doesn't move. By a recognizable percentage of what everything else is, which includes rents. Because yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, you, have, you, you have rates below 4%, right? All but one, yes. So today, even with the, the bogus numbers, CPI is at 8%, you have negative 4% money. That's inflation paying you off. And I think we're going to have a decade of high inflation. I think there's, I think most, I think if you blend the years, it'll be averaging three and a half to 4%. But essentially you borrowed money, millions of dollars at zero. And oh, by the way, in a decade, rents will be up somewhere between 50 and hundred percent. I use inflation to get rich. Ask me how. So that lines up with time in the market beats timing the market. Everybody who's watching any channel that's saying, don't buy, wait for the crash, wait for the correction. I, I get it. Don't, don't go buy anything. Oh, yeah. Learn your average. L- learn what's happening with area average rents because mm-hmm. that's changing too. Find the motivated seller and s- slow and steady wins the race. You don't have to buy 10 of them, but if you buy one or two in the next year, 
in 10 years, imagine what those deals are going to look like. Yeah. And again, I want people to realize a lot of people are out there hoping for and clicking on crash videos. And I want to just say one more time, and I'll probably say it a hundred more times. You do not need the market to fall 25% to find a great deal. You just need to do the work. You need to be better. You need to network. You need to tell everybody your buy box. The deals are out there. And oh, by the way, the next two years, it is going to be remarkably easier to find deals because a lot of people are scared. A lot of people are overextended. A lot of people uh, you know, believe in the fear. Why am I confident investing? It's because I look every day. Why, why can I do great deals now? Because I look every day. I'm willing to write lots of offers. I'm not doing it. For the last two years, Dion, I would do a good deal. In fact, anything I did was a good deal because it was hard. Going forward, at least throughout 2022 and likely 2023, they will only be great deals. I would have settled for 8% last year. I'm going to do nines and tens going forward. I, I, I don't, A, I don't have to. And B, I have every confidence that the great, that I only have to find the one, the two, or the three motivated sellers. And I will just keep trying until I find it. I wonder if people have ever game theoried this. What happens if a crash happens? Properties drop 20%, mm -hmm. which the largest in 52 years, the largest nationwide reduction we've seen is 8.9% in, yep. in a year. So let's say there's a double the worst that we've ever seen, and it goes down 20%. Sure. So in a year. Whatever. In a year. Lenders are going to disappear. Absolutely. People are going to be afraid to buy because it's the falling knife. Absolutely. But you would find money. Oh, absolutely. I, it, it, I, I don't have to game theory it. I lived through this in 2010. 2010, my market didn't go down 8.9%. It went down 37 or 38% in a year. So above the median, above the national average, 38% in one year. My market peak to trough was 75%. I bought all the way down. There was about a six-month period at the top where I, where I didn't do anything. I wrote about it in my book, and then I bought all the way down. I bought a house for 180 and then 130 and then 90 And then the cheapest house I bought, Dean, was 28000 bucks. I had no idea where the bottom was. I was just doing great deal after great deal after great deal. People knew what I was doing. Uh, I borrowed millions of dollars, three or four million bucks, and I paid 10% I paid interest. Just kept doing great deals. There are a lot of people who are investing now who aren't 25 years old, who could have invested in 2010, but absolutely thought the bottom had fallen. You know, they were just, there was going to be no bottom mm -hmm. and didn't buy. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't oh, yeah. buy. Yeah. I had, I had people routinely tell me that I was an idiot for buying houses under Ford. These are houses. These weren't lots. I, I, I think we got 15, 18 homes under 40 grand, three bedroom, two bath, one story homes under 40 grand. People are telling me I was stupid. Dude, the lots were valued at 60 grand and I was buying them for 40. I mean, but people were scared out of their mind. And again, it will happen again. If there's a 50% crash or 20% crash, everybody will get scared. Nobody. And you're absolutely right. I keep telling people there's a lending cycle and a real estate cycle. That's why you and I talked months ago. I'm like, Dion, Go refi that property now. This is your last chance where the banks were, where the bank is open and you can get sub four. You didn't, totally cool. The window closed. You can't get that now. Right. So, um, 
you got to remember there's two, and you're absolutely right. If, if the, if the market hiccups at all, banks will shut off and banks are already doing it subtly. Banks used to do 75% burrs. Now they're 65. I heard one person is 60. You talk about leaving money in a deal. You plan for a 75% loan and they give you 65. Whew, where are you going to find that extra 10%? How are you going to pay your investor back? At that point, you're, you're, you're just save a down payment buy a rent-ready place. Yeah. Yeah. So again, inf but inflation, it does. I mean, my taxes will go up. My wages are going up. Expenses are going up. I remember I built a fence. Uh, you have a lot of properties. You build a lot of fences, right? Um, I, think, I think my old quote for one side of a fence was like about three grand. I remember spending almost six grand uh, I don't know, about eight months ago, maybe nine months ago when lumber was really high. I mean, you had to replace it, right? I mean, I didn't have a choice. Um, roofs. I remember I got a quote for a roof at almost a hundred grand for an apartment building, um, where it would have been, I don't know, 55, 60 grand two years ago. Uh, so inflation is real. It's, it's impacting a lot. Every, every, every line item on my bills are going up, but so is rent. Let's see if I can relate this to real estate. The truck driving school that I work at, there was a previous owner. He sold it to new owners. And then I had some ideas that grew us from six staff with one location to 60 staff with five locations. The previous owner said, I'm really glad I sold before it grew because I wouldn't have wanted to pay all of those taxes. <laughs> so when you say things like, I had to put a fence in and it was six grand instead of three, or I had to put a roof and I was quoted a hundred instead of 50. Those are big numbers. And a lot of people think I wouldn't want to pay $50,000 for a roof. I would love the cash flow on a building that generated the revenue to have the 50,000 to put the roof on, to protect the asset for the next 30 years. It's, it's a subtle mind shift, especially when we're talking about inflation, about how much growth can happen to where inflation, where yeah, it sucked to pay six thousand for the fence instead of three thousand, but that was from cash flow. It's not like you were selling your life one hour at a time to get the extra three thousand yeah. dollars to yeah. fix the fence. Yeah, and then the last thing we have to talk about inflation, we'd be remiss if we didn't, is the cost of capital has gone up, and I think the cost of capital, which borrowed money, thirty-year money, uh, non-QM money, private money, hard money, whatever you're borrowing, gone up, and that means, drum roll please, you have to buy better deals. Cost of capital is one column on my spreadsheet. And if my money costs eight, it goes in the spreadsheet. I got to buy a better deal. If the money costs 10, got to buy a better deal. Money costs 12, got to buy a better deal. Investors do great deals. Cost of money doesn't bother me. It's higher. I don't like it, but I'm only going to buy great deals. And oh, by the way, if cost of capital is say 8% and I do a great deal today and I wait three, four, five, eight years for the Fed to cut rates, whenever that is, I can do a cash out refi or rate term refi down to four and I win again. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the hard part with, with um, when it comes to inflation is we only see that things cost more. It, it takes that mental shift to think of how we can make more. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do me a favor, Dion, where can people find you? Right here on YouTube, Dion Talk Financial Freedom, where I do my live streams Tuesday afternoons, 4 p.m. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. Ciao.